Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired a karate teacher to trim their hedges. Man, these shrubs are not made of plywood. Don't worry, another few chops should do it. Yeah! Nope! Yeah! Dang! But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. Oh, this treehouse looks like particle board. Yeah! There we go. I'm starting to doubt myself. For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today. And now it's Geico's Motorcycle Rules of the Road. Avoid biking in the rain and never touch another person's bike. Hey, guys, look at these bikes. So shiny. Uh, whoops. I'm going to leave a note. Oh, gosh, there's more. And the rule to saving on motorcycle insurance is, in 15 minutes, GEICO could save you 15% or more. live is going to be for a while, I guess. Um, it's episode 305, and um, the keys are packed, are packed, not to the brim, but they're packed. Uh, you know, I, I realize you don't need any additional, well, you do know about Florida, I'm sure, where the epicenter of uh uh, cases in the, in the world say so, uh, per capita there's other places where they have a lots but uh, Florida seems to be doing a yeoman service of providing uh, infected people there but it is what it is and the uh, uh, name of this episode is normal and I guess from when you see the news, you'll you'll just see people um, not doing anything particularly different down here, other than some people going about their lives the way they would have if there were no COVID nineteen. And uh, as I discuss this with people that come into the bar, history will be the exact judge of what we did right what we did wrong and um, we uh, you know most parts of the world the advanced nations such as Japan Germany Italy they're there they have uh, new cases in the hundreds and uh, here in Florida itself where we roll around uh, anywhere from 7,000 to we've it's been up to 15,000 new cases and with all the testing that we're doing, whether the new testing has been, their cases are cases. You know, they're the newly infected, and there's probably tons more because that's just the people that are tested. Now, they're out there, only suggesting that there's more people, and there's probably more people. Uh, there is a news item that I thought was interesting. In the same period uh, last year or normal year, there's about 900 deaths in uh, by pneumonia and this year it's 5,000 deaths prescribed as pneumonia so take it as you will it's either that we have a lot more pneumonia deaths or uh, COVID-19 illnesses are killing more people I have my my feeling is that there's going to be uh, an uptick in heart attacks and strokes over the uh, previous year it could be brought up by hypertension or whatever but uh, it could be um, you know some people say say that every death is being written down as a COVID-19 death or the other way is uh, not every death is being recorded um, that could be COVID-19 so we and as I said we can argue about as much as you want or as little as you want but history will be the judge in the end. Uh, the victors will run, the, uh, will write the history, and it's usually smarter people that write history. Uh, smarter, not always the case, because obviously 
uh, the history was written about the Indians and, and uh, Native Americans and, and, and slavery has been tilted by, you know, has been painted over or glossed over for generations in this country. But in um, the Florida Keys, so everything in South Florida, in Miami-Dade County, the, the restaurants are closed except to um, delivery or takeout. And uh, they're just, uh, I guess they're just trying to address that and trying to get people to wear uh, masks. Just the other day, a couple of days ago, uh, Key West mandated that whenever you leave your house, when you're outside, that you wear a mask. And uh, it may not be that, obviously, if you're jogging or walking by yourself, that you're going to infect somebody. But they don't want to have this thing where people aren't leaving their house without masks, perhaps, because we're still getting people that come into the restaurant that, for some reason, forget to have a mask if they're driving their car. Why you don't have one or two masks? I, myself, who always wears a mask, have forgotten to uh, bring, a, bring a mask, so I've had to uh, go back to my house and grab one if I wanted to go shopping. Uh, and uh, you can see, if you want to, you know, some people say that we're doing it here to um, make the current occupant of the White House look bad. Uh, I'm, I believe he's doing it a well, a good job on his own, making himself look bad, but you know how I feel about it. It's no secret. And there are plenty of uh, your MAGA programs out there to listen to if you want to hear something about that. But if you really want to look at uh, statistics, look at the other countries where we used to belong in that group. I call them first world countries, um, uh, Western economies. And, and well, I shouldn't even say Western because Japan and China. But if you look at the numbers of the infected coming out of those countries, uh, they're, they're drastically lower, drastically lower, 5% of what we have. And because they mandate uh, strict social distancing and masks from the, on, the, on their national level. And, uh, and obviously China and, uh, you know, whether you, you have strong, your strong feelings whenever you met China because it did begin there, but uh, they they were affected by it. So if it was something they did on purpose to affect themselves first, I mean, I if I was gonna hurt somebody, oh, I'm getting a phone call from Arizona. Say answer or ignore. Okay. Ignore. So that uh, is that. But uh, as I was saying, if I was going to infect another country, I would just go to that country. But uh, that's a kind of weird virus to put out there that would infect the whole world and disrupt your economy as well as everyone else's. Um, so I did, I did, but to get back to the episode name, I did say normal, didn't I? And some people, there are things that we have to deal with anyway other than just COVID-19. There are other things. There's relationships we have to deal with. There's family. Uh, uh, we have children. We have to feed. We have to, uh, and, you know, like most people, have to earn an income. We have we something you have to do. So, um, with those things, you have the you know you're thinking of COVID nineteen and stuff like that. What is normal? Well, I'll tell you, a normal thing I had to deal with over the last uh, two weeks was uh, power outages. Just uh, two weeks ago, a this is interesting. Um, I, you don't hear this in many places in in the world, but I, I imagine more tropical places. If you're not familiar how electrical systems work, delivery you have one wire that brings the power in one direction to your house, and it creates a circuit. You hear a circuit, and you have another one that takes it back out again, and it returns it back to the energy source. So every every power station is a big circuit and the power system grid is a circuit itself as well as you have circuits in your house. And what happened down here right at the bottom of my street is an iguana and iguanas have 
very long tails of tails are uh, about uh, get to be out three to four times as long as their body on the older ones and it must have created a circuit on the power line because it, s it shut down a couple blocks down here when they we made a connection yep one fried iguana iguanas are edible uh, some cultures they they uh, do eat it and supposedly taste like chicken I have uh, I had a bite of iguana yet it just it had a nondescript flavor t uh, to it so it wasn't something I really would go for again but it is um, something people eat and then iguana certainly the clone down there must not um, whatever you want to think of animal awareness it must have been uh, a quick end to that iguana I would I would I wouldn't have loved to see it happen, but it would have been interesting to see what it looked like after it got in there. And then the second one, there's construction going around her house. And uh, with, um, if you've ever been on uh, construction sites and things like that, whenever some of the power tools are on, sometimes uh, you can get a you know, bad wire or something like that, or you never know, which is an overload of a system. And it shut it down. And we in the Florida Keys are fortunate to have a great electrical service. It's called the co-op, and they're very diligent. Uh, being in the tropics, we have very little interruptions. Rarely does it ever go more than an hour before we get a response and get it fixed. So you, you, you know, your, your, your house doesn't even it gets a, you know, five, six degrees warmer before they're back on. And uh, I, I do feel fortunate for that. So my hat's off to you people there. Uh, so back to the new normal. I have a, a, a benign growth on my parotid gland on my right side. And I've had it for 20 years. And I think I may have spoken on it previous episodes and I had a scheduled operation on July 28th that I was going in for and I was getting everything set up for it and it's about a little less than two weeks ago it would have been two weeks from yesterday but I yesterday I got a phone call from the hospital and due to um, the increased numbers and ICUs getting filled I may I guess they're convert uh, the converting rooms and they're running short on staff or whatever it is but any procedures that aren't life-threatening I imagine I didn't go into detail because I didn't I didn't go and say why me why me why me because I have a non-malignant uh, mass on my parotid behind my right jaw I did not go into great detail I kind of understood that and go hey why is that happening I kind of was expecting it to happen once I saw the numbers spiking in South Florida and oh I may have forgot the procedure was going to be taken care of on the mainland and I, I was lining up the hospital there I was lining up the hospital they had the uh, surgery scheduler that was for the surgeon and they were setting that up for me it was supposed to be early in the morning and they didn't now if I want to keep it at the same hospital I got to wait about four, a uh, little, um, four and a half months. Uh, is it? No, three and a half months. November, they said. So I'm not going to assume, assume it before Thanksgiving. So about, about three and a half months from now. And uh, I didn't want to. And I asked, is there another opportunity? And, well, no, they, asked, they said they can schedule it at an ambulatory center. I guess that's an outpatient center, which... Usually, uh, I, I, I should have, you know, I would have liked to have done anyway in the first place. If it's a, you know, it's only a two-hour procedure, I would have rather, rather just do it there. But I guess they uh, like to have it at the hospital for whatever reason. But that's an inconvenience. And yesterday kind of threw me. I was supposed to do a show, and I didn't, I didn't feel like doing show because that was on my mind I wanted to get it taken care of and I just have this feel, feeling about people cutting over 
up the side of my you know head and taking out the tumor I just uh, wanted it taken care of and that's me just being self-centered I realize there's people dealing with a lot worse matter of fact I have a close friend a matter of fact my my sponsor in AA lost his uh, son to COVID-19 uh, a week and a half ago a lot of other people that are dealing with that and they're dealing with all sorts of other things that are inconvenient and we're arguing over those things I understand it's po- um, it, it has, has become political and uh, I don't know how you can make it political it would be nice if they just didn't try to drop that but I imagine my side did it as much as anybody else but um, I w- defend I, I just have this hard feeling that you should not defend a position that makes people more exposed and, and um, more liable to or are likely to be become ill and die in the end. And I understand that we have to suck it up and we have to maintain the economy. But maybe this... Um, we, we, you know, I've, people had a uh, discussion with people. They don't like the idea of having to go out with a mask. And they don't have the idea of being six feet apart. They don't like the idea of bars being closed. They don't like the idea of not being able to go to a big concert venues or sporting events. They don't want it. They want to see baseball. They want to see football. They want to see all these things. Um, but these interruptions happen. They, uh, we're, we're at a time in history, if you think back uh, five 600 years ago during the plague uh, they people were barely subsisted the poor were barely surviving you were lucky to survive through your 30s and if you were a woman you're lucky to survive through uh, multiple childbirths because you know child mortality was so high in families and families were pretty much basic work units they were out to till the field for overlord and uh, that's the way it was it wasn't you know it wasn't a pastoral scene where you had a, just a farmer sitting off on the land and he was doing his farming there were peasants a lot of peasants out there especially in Europe so when the plague came around I imagine their uh, normal changed when whole towns were wiped out when they lost uh, uh, upwards of 70 80 percent of the people there's an excellent program on Netflix called the uh, Black Plague, and it's uh, a university course brought on by this uh, history professor who goes in detail on what uh, occurred then and how how things changed. And these are I named uh, an episode called a Seminal Event. This is a seminal event. We were we are living through history. We're always living through history, whether it's small history or big history. This is big history. It's called big history. Much like World War One, World War Two, the Civil War, uh, things that go on. Eventually, you know, there will be if humans survive, there they might be a, uh, a, a other events that rival this. There'll be the switching of the uh, magnetic poles. Just always, I heard that's a possibility. If the magnetic poles switch, there'll be a transition where there'd be a lot of uh, radiation getting through because uh, uh, the magnetic field of the Earth protects us from a lot of harmful radiation from space. Uh, they'll no, there still is global warming, and you notice down here and how hot it is and stuff like that. We may mitigate a bit of it, having less cruise ships and airplane travel on the the things that are going to change right now are going to things that will never go back to it they'll they'll people will going to be be more considerate of that if they realize if there's a, a flu season if we're going through a regular flu season and uh, we've had this discussion before but not much in depth so let's do a little thought experiment right here if in a regular th- flu season, a couple hundred thousand people around the world die, but that's without any mitigation steps. What if we can just, would it be nice just to get rid of that by 
either doing whatever we can is how important is it that we have to be in constant contact with other people other than uh, the people we know and love meaning know and love is our family but then there's other people we're affectionate with yes it's important to be touched and things like that but it's also important to be healthy but if through a mitigation process this is just as wearing mask or social distancing what if we could save a couple hundred thousand people wouldn't that be a, a worthy thing to do and uh, I know you may not like it but it may be it may be the thing because remember at one time uh, in human history uh, before it was written you know there was no shoes there were no pants there were no shirts we, we didn't put on clothes the early proto-humans you know they they started taking cloth and probably started covering up it wasn't out of embarrassment because they probably realized you know hey you know what Uh, I'm going to cover up my areas I don't want to get hurt I may need them so they started covering up their private parts and things like that and you know in the warmer climes they didn't cover you know their tops so what you know they run around like that and they wore it they they started preparing clothes as they started migrating to warmer uh, colder climes and clothing became the norm and I'm sure there were people before they migrated they were used to not wearing lots of clothes the weather was always temperate you know it would get a little chilly at night and stuff like that and um, so they just realized well you know it's much nicer to have some clothing when it gets cool started wearing it and they just kept the clothes on and then uh, you know when we started building communities and started uh, merchant economy and people had stores and people said well listen I understand you're not you know when when hygiene started coming about remember hygiene was not a thing at one time it was rare it was a rarity in human existence to regularly clean your whole body it's only the last couple hundred years. And, you know, there was for whole seasons that people would not immerse their body. It was considered unhealthy to immerse your body in water. And so if you spoke to someone, you took someone from the 21st century and brought them back to the 1600s, the smell would be pungent person from the 21st century and the person from the 16th century would just say where do you get that fucking clothes on look at it what you know then stuff like that they may see you're clean shaven and and things like that but they won't notice they won't they wouldn't smell you as being clean you would just look a little different you would notice that they were filthy even the cleanest person but they all were that way and they didn't talk about that. It's just like, I'm sure you would have noticed. I mean, they didn't brush their teeth. Most people didn't brush their teeth. So if you spoke to them in a closer manner, yeah, the person from the 21st century would discover a wave of halitosis uh, coming at them. So this, the, these normal things, I think what we're having a problem with is the suddenness that it happened. The suddenness that we we have gone from not worrying how close we are, whether shaking hand, touching people, we don't know, um, having casual encounters with them, which I wanted to talk about a bit in the age of COVID. That uh, you know, dating and things like that. I want to eventually get to that, but um, cell phones that we were gradually everything cell phones, telephones, telephones, communication. When uh, the United States was first uh, populated by people outside of uh, Native Americans, let's say uh, European Americans arrived, when, let's say, someone came here and emigrated, it would take months and months to get a message back there. And then that's assuming that people knew how to read because illiteracy was common. Not, you know, there was no uh, mandatory 
elementary education and things like that. Most people are so letter writing, on, which is get you have to get perhaps someone to send a letter, get someone to write a letter, send it to some person, take months to get it to, and then they'd have to get someone to read it to. And that was in the 1600s, 1700s, and then 18, even up to 1800s. And nowadays, uh, I guess it was the late 1800s, uh, we have 1876, we got the telephone. And then within the early part of the 20th century, we started, everyone get, started getting a telephone in their uh, house. They had a uh, trainer's line of cable. I guess it was sometime in the early 20th century they laid that cable so people could make phone calls from overseas. I know they had it available during uh, World War II. So um, I think they, I'm pretty sure they did. I mean, I'd have to double check that. But once that became ubiquitous, people were used to con- communicating all the time. Now, not in poor countries until this day. A lot of people don't have it. And they're going to be, I mean, we right now it's, it was the, the Western model, if you think of the normal things and look at normal, you know, having cables. And I mentioned that about the iguana, putting everything out. And so you have one, let's say you have one iguana run across the wire and knocks out for the whole blocks, right? Now we're getting people ideas about local self-sufficient power, uh, cell towers and things like that. Now you need power to run, I guess you met power to run cell tower, but um, if with solar and wind power and things like that in the third world, which are uh, is probably where the biggest growth is going to be uh, from now on, you're going to have people getting things and getting where the whole world has access to it. And we were thinking about cell phones, just thinking about cell phones. Until 2000, in 2000, most people did not have cell phones. You know, some people had them, some people didn't. You know, they said, oh, I don't really need it when I leave the house. And, I, and then when other people had cell phones, they started getting it. And think, same thing as cable. Home box office started in the 70s. HBO. And people said, what do you mean? Television comes over the air and waves. And you got an antenna on the roof of a house. And that comes in. now you have cable. You have satellite and uh, you have streaming and streaming is pretty much cable you have the internet so try to tell someone use there'll be some kids out there and saying yes you're going to have to give a history this is how people used to receive their information used to get it from terrestrial radio which is ground wave radio or AM FM and then now we have satellite we have internet very few people, uh, young people in nowadays listen to the radio. They listen to the internet. They listen to music apps and things like that. That's the normal now. The normal 30 years ago, radio. Now there's, so forget about normal. It's never going to go back. We could go back, way back, if things got really bad. But that means a fall back, you know, destruction of societies, things like that. But things are always going to change. But because of this thing here, COVID-19, things are changing quickly about certain ways we interact with each other. It's not changing everything. It doesn't change the way you think. It doesn't change the way... Well, it could be the way you pray because, you know, right now you shouldn't be going in certain places, especially in Florida. You shouldn't be going to these uh, churches with hundreds of people praying. There's no reason why you can't pray outside of church. And remember, you know, if you're a follower of the uh, uh, Christ, then you know whenever two or three gather in my name, I'll be there, right? So it doesn't really matter if you got 800 people there. No one ever said, I never, there's no, nothing in the book that says gather 800 people under your top and then collect as much money as you can. No, that's a new thing. That's, it used to, I'm sure there's people in the beginning of the Christianity who said, well, what's this thing with 
getting all these people and why are you wearing a special hat and why do you have that stick that's all curly and stuff like that talking about bishops and cardinals and stuff like that they started adding those things that's not something that just appeared or divine inspiration that's someone says well I'm going to wear golden cloths golden embroidered cloths to celebrate the uh, minimalist Jesus who was a minimalist wore shrouds and sandals never put a hat on he never had a hat on he may have had a yarmulke if they had yarmulkes and uh, for him the Pharisees started doing that too so go and figure it out normal 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 is any of it really normal no normal is the way we handle change when you accept it and don't get upset about it. It's not that big a deal. You know, we're... I began dating in the late 70s. Well, I would say, I guess, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. Yep, yep, late, uh, 17 years old in 1980. In 79, 78, you know. Right at the beginning... They didn't know right at the inception of the AIDS epidemic. And I guess it wasn't until the mid-80s that people started, mid-late 80s, they started seeing this thing going on. And people, um, they did all sorts of things. The condom. The condom. The condom's been around. I guess people are trying to, they, they found evidence of animal skins being used, animal intestines or something like that, as a prophylactic back in Egypt. And uh, as time went on for years, you know, the safe sex, the the idea that um, you could get, it was until the 18, 1900s, they started realizing sexual transmitting disease. They started seeing a correlation between people that weren't too picky about who their partners were and how frequently they had it and how that they noticed that there were certain people and there was nothing you could do about it. There's nothing you do. I mean, there were things you could do about it. There was, a, there was celibacy, um, but there was no protecting yourselves. And until the, and then um, I guess the 20th century when the prophylactic came about and they started issuing them to armies they knew when soldiers went out they were going to be having sex and they were um, obviously the, the raping and pillaging kind of guys weren't going to stop and put on a condom so they may have ended up doing that and, or infecting other people and things like that but that wasn't normal either prophylactics weren't normal in the 20th century it became normal and it became even more normal during the AIDS epidemic because even though you could do the math and you knew in the 80s, I remember this in the head, that you said, uh, you had, well, there's mainly gay people get it, but there are straight people that are getting sick and, and getting that. But it was pr- predominantly gay because of the type of sex we were having, not because gay, gay people were being damned by God. Or and now it's Geico's Motorcycle Rules of the Road. Avoid biking in the rain and never touch another person's bike. Hey guys, look at these bikes. So shiny. Uh, whoops. I'm gonna leave a note. Oh gosh, there's more. And the rule to saving on motorcycle insurance is in 15 minutes, Geico could save you 15% or more. Higher power. They're, they're just, I guess it was the transfer of fluids and stuff, the way uh, the, a, you know, the HIV virus was transmitted. That was more transmitted through the certain habits of doing um, that type of sex. And, but they knew that if you had a prophylactic, if you had a uh, condom, that you would greatly reduce that. And you track, you know, if you were infected, you should inform your partner. You should, you know, inform, give informed consent. If someone has 
this, they should be careful of doing that. And if that happened, there would be less propagation of it. That If that happened, we'd be less uh, chlamydia, uh, gonorrhea, syphilis, and all those uh, STDs if people practice safer sex. And then you wouldn't have to worry about it. And if you, you know, obviously you should, you know, people were using condoms to not get pregnant either came about in the 60s, I guess, or maybe the late 50s or the 60s. and But that did not stop you from getting STDs. But that became normal. It made sense if you didn't, if you wanted to have multiple partners and you didn't know them that well, you didn't know the testing results, or you even were tested, you could greatly reduce that by wearing a condom. I don't know anybody out there that says, you know, if you, if, so think of it, there's a great analogy. Think about this. When you go to a, a, um, if you worry about getting syphilis, and let's say you had 100 people and another 100 people, and you get your choice, you get to intermingle and stuff like that, but you don't, you know there's going to be a couple of them are going to have gonorrhea, chlamydia, syphilis, um, and, but you don't know who they're going to be, but you do know that if you wore a condom, you had a really greatly reduced the chance of ever getting any of that, or herpes, let's say. I forgot about herpes. If you, if you were careful, you could mitigate it, and would you mitigate it, or would you not, and would you decide, well, I'm not going to worry about it. I really don't care. I'm going to go bareback. It's called bareback, not using it. I will just... Um, try my luck and then will you tell the next partner you're with I don't really do any safe sex I just do what I whatever I want and uh, see how that works out it doesn't work out I'll tell you that beforehand you can argue all you want I don't care and there's some people saying I don't I'm very scrut- I scrutinize the people but well, who's this who I mean, just think about the contacts they had. I only go out with certain class of people. Well, who do you know who they were with and who that they were with? So that's even more so. So when, when it comes to the COVID-19, you're, yeah, you know, right now they're playing with numbers and stuff like that, whether they're going to just have, you know, if it's one in a hundred two in a hundred, one in two hundred, whatever. And whether getting infected uh, and having it protects you from being uh, stricken with it in the future, which there is now evidence that you can have it and within two to three months, virtually all the antibodies are gone. So who knows? They may have to figure out you know, people say, well, there's not going to be any way to, how they're going to create a vaccine if it doesn't stay in the body, if the antibodies don't stay there. Because that's how polio vaccine works. You get, they inoculate you with that vaccine and it prevents you from contracting polio. And so if you don't have the antibodies to fight it, you don't, they don't build up the T cells and it doesn't fight uh, the virus then. It's just a waste of time. Or maybe they'll just have to create, be a little more inventive and be able to create a vaccine that's close enough to COVID-19, but also being able to linger in your system for years. There's the trick. I don't know if it can be done. I'm postulating, much like our president postulated about the idea of taking a disinfectant putting inside someone's lungs to clean it out. Um, but I, I didn't postulate that. I'm suggesting that maybe if they do create a vaccine, they create one close enough that's similar that would stimulate the system to be able to either fight it, use our T cells against it to, to fight it, or something like that. But it's not to harm the patient like cleaning out their lungs with disinfectant, which we all know that's kind of silly. And some people say he's not a doctor. 
well, Jesus Christ, I hope he's not a doctor. He's more like a medieval doctor, if you think about it. There was a, uh, a character, Steve Martin played a uh, character on Saturday Night Live back in the 70s and early 80s, I think it was, called uh, something, something, the medieval barber, and the medieval barber was a, uh, a doctor. So here we go. I'm talking about dating now. I'm going to move on to the dating because I'm tired of this. Now, old days. Now, when I was dating, and you heard that was in the 70s, so I was really reluctant dater. I was, I would just take anybody that would have me in the beginning. I think that's what happens with most people. Most people that you are, uh, anybody that's going to stomach me, I'll be happy to go out with you and things like that. Or you have a certain level of, well, this is the kind of person I won't, I won't go beyond this line. You have certain characteristics you like. And uh, it could be weight, it could be height, it could be all sorts of things. You have a, a type. But uh, I was um, just like any neophyte when it came to dating world. I, I didn't know necessarily that you'd want to, when you met someone, you want to get someone who likes the same things you like, that likes the same view, has the same type of ideas on what a relationship you want, uh, and things like that. Nope. When I was a teenager, Mind what my idea was: Is she uh, cute, and does she want to go? Would she go out with me? That was my criteria in the beginning. Two things: Was she cute, and would she go out with me? And then, as I got older, I started adding more criteria to it. And I, I, um, there were uh, things like the nice thing about it, and I always said this: When you have a uh, if you're the type of person that you only date redheads, white redheads, who are Roman Catholic, <laughs> that's your set. You're dragging your set down to small, like a small group of people. That's that's who you get to choose from. Now, me, I was, I was always attracted to the attractive. I was always attracted to the attractive, let's say. But... Let's say when I was in my 20s, it was from 20 to 30, black, white, Asian, Latin. Here we go. I had a big set. And women, obviously, women. I mean, obviously, it's not obviously. Well, you know, some people are you know, disagree, you know, bisexual and things like that. They may be attracted to them. But I, I would doubt that that you have a wider, if you would sleep with all these people, like if you're bisexual or trisexual or all these things, that you have more to choose from. I don't think so because they also, you if you're open, you're telling that other person that you do. So you're small, you're, you, you're only open to people that want to date people that do all that, those things. And not that I'd have a problem with a woman that slept with women and men. No problem really with that. But uh, there's some people that might have that problem. So in that dating world, that that's what happened as I got older. And then eventually I got married when I was 37. I was married for a couple of years. And I got out there again. And then I was in my 40s. I definitely was. I mean, I was down in a smaller pond. I was in my 40s. I moved down here. I was single. And I had uh, the experience. I was in 44. So I was happy with the 30 to 50. That is a big range. And the same thing went white, Asian, black, uh, Latin, that doesn't matter. Uh, I was, I liked attractive and I liked pleasant and I liked fun. And I did, did fine. Well, COVID-19, there's all these online apps now. There's, you know, you're not going out, you know, I think the direction was going that way anyway. People weren't comfortable meeting outside prior to COVID-19, right? Uh, there was uh, Tinder. There was, oh God, I, I didn't try anything. Something, J-Date, Christian Mingle, all these things. We spoke about it on the show. And people said, well, you know, instead of trying to find out someone out there talking to them. I'm going to go and I want people to 
categorize themselves. Like I'm a farmer, oh God, farmer.com, whatever. It's a woman who just wants to date a farmer. I want to date someone who does this, this, has limited social interactions. And okay, that's farmer.com, that's for you. You can find, yeah, that internet certainly helped that. And I said that before, that you can have a very rare person. There are people out there that like to dress up like stuffed animals and they like to have sex as stuffed animals. That's there. And the internet came up and said, listen, I can fix that problem. If you want to have sex with someone dressed like a teddy bear, I can create a forum for you to meet that person. And there was tons of people out there for that. And they thought it was good. And then you had other things come out. All different groups you want. But then you have um, COVID-19 come up. Now, you were supposed to get to meet these people and then go out on dates with them. You go on a date, you can find out. Um, when you go on these internet things, you always want to think about this. How does how do you answer a question when you one of those online questionnaires or any questionnaire someone gives you. Do you give the best answer that you can give to an online dating app to attract more people or do you give the honest answer? And the honest answer is does not always conflict with it because if you're not a morning person, if you wake up in the morning and you're miserable and you're pissy and you're an asshole, what are you going to do? You're going to... Um, you're going to say, listen, I wake up, I'm a real asshole. Um, sometimes I get kind of violent. I throw shit and do this stuff. You're not going to put that down. You're just going to put, I'm not, a, I'm not, a, I'm not, I'm a night, I'm a night person. You know, are you going to put down that, oh, I have a tendency to black out drunk. No one puts that on their online thing. They never put that. Um, oh, I have a history of beating my partner. Nope, they're not going to put that there. I like, uh, they're not going to put all, unless they're on a kinky site, they're not going to put all the weird stuff. They, they're not going to put, uh, I have a problem being, uh, I have a problem with fidelity. Meaning, unless they're in, on, on a site, once again, that's a, a caveat. The caveat is, unless they're on a site that says, you know, oh, free love or something like that to other people. They're always going to, so what I'm suggesting is eHarmony. They're always going to present, when people answer questions, they answer questions in lieu of the hopeful best selves. Meaning, uh, I'll ask a question, are you intelligent? Yes, I'm intelligent. Are you thoughtful? Yes, I'm thoughtful. Even, you know, who would say they're not thoughtful? I'm careless. I mainly, you know, no one ever puts in there. I've forgotten many of my ex's birthdays and their anniversaries. And yes, uh, Valentine's Day, I never did anything special. Are you romantic? No, I'm not romantic. I just want to have sex and go to sleep. You know? Or I want them to service me. Uh, yeah, they may put that on there. That may be, you know, may, that could be a thing. That could be a thing where you find the right person. I just want to take, I mean, it could be a, a man or a woman. I just want to be able to take care of my partner. I don't really care if they take care of me. I'll take care of myself. You know, I... You know that 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 possibly could be a thing, but people are going are when they're answering these questions, they're answering their best selves. They try to put these questions, try to tilt these questions to make them. Uh, they do them with psychological tests, or this, I, I mentioned the psychopath test. It may be two hundred fifty questions. So you give questions that kind of throw uh, light on whether they're being truthful or not. And that's the best questionnaires are that way, where you get say, well, the person says I'm really thoughtful. And then down in the end, they'll ask another question that just kind of negates the idea that they're thoughtful. And they'll just say, hey, this person's kind of pulling my leg right here. So um, I kind of went off on a tangent there, but I do remember when people are answering these questions and they're characterizing themselves, they're characterizing themselves in the best, where when we went out and we saw them and we were at a nightclub, you get to see if the asshole gets belligerent with the bartender 
or with the guy that bumps into him. You can see it, tell him if he's violent. What's his friends like? How he interacts with other women? How he interacts with the people serving him? You know, is he polite? Is he genteel? Does he eat with his mouth open? You know, does he drink strawberry daiquiris? Or is he drinking bourbon? Does he have a tendency to drink too much? Did he go to the bathroom a lot? Is he sniffing a lot when he comes out of the bathroom? May have other problems. Who knows? But that's what you got to deal with. That That's what I always had a problem with. And I always say that when they show these stats for people getting together, it's just like the first year in a relationship. People don't really get themselves to know you. And then they change, too. So they may try to be their best every time you're in a new relationship and try to do your best. You don't have... You don't have to be like you did with the last person. You could be different. And I always, I'm a big believer that you could go, you know, every day is a new day. Every day is a new day for change. But a lot of times people don't change. So with COVID-19, here we go. Tons more people joining up. They're not seeing themselves out. But one different thing, before they go on a date, they got to talk more. They got to talk a lot more. A lot of people want to talk more before they do it. They're having these interactions and learning more about stuff. They hear stories. Some people let their guards down. When they let their guards down, you know how they are. So, and you can find like there's little tells with people, aren't there? It's people like you. Let's say you're in you're in Miami, right? And you're single, and you're 25 years old. found one and then you notice the girl said well listen um, and, and you, you're being responsible now which probably is a rarity in Miami uh, for certain people because they're very hedonistic down here they're very about looks and things like that and they don't like the mask they don't like the mask in Miami they hate it uh, and the girl might say well listen I don't like wearing a mask because I uh, you know, they, they don't want to say Listen, I realize my next feature is my face and makeup and the way I take care of myself. And if I go out, you don't get to see it. And I don't get treated different. I get treated differently without. When I'm not wearing a mask and you get to see my face and stuff like that, I'm treated better. Then you learn something about that self. You learn that person, here they are. If they're saying that right now, you can see, well, we're in a health crisis. They could say, they can use a little thing to say, well, I don't believe it's as serious as they believe. And uh, you, you believe, first, they don't believe in science. They don't believe in reports. And that, so you could tell that thing. Now, it's hard for a guy to turn down an attractive, let's call it what it is, piece of tail, over something as minute as pol- you know, policies, politics, and worldviews. But after a year or two, you could become disgusted with almost anything. And that's what happens eventually in a relationship. And talking will let you know about that. You could end up getting a serious relationship. You start going around and stuff like that. You get rid of sex and all this stuff. And companionship. And you start overlooking things about a person. You know, they suddenly you start recognizing things as you're going out because you never had to talk beforehand. You never had to talk that, oh, well, they're really into money and they want really want me to buy them stuff. If you watch a 90-day uh, fi- uh, fiancé, 90, is it 90-day fiancé? I think it's 90-day fiancé. Every so often, people, th- you know, you see the person right in the beginning talking about money and they get really sad because you're not buying them things. <sighs> well, la di da who the fuck didn't see that coming? I mean, they, most of these people are, are in countries where they're having they're having a tough time of, you know, or that's the way they're making money. They may their way of making money be maybe engaging in relationships with these people, and then trying to get as much money out of them. That's great. Or they may just want to get out of town, get out of Dodge. But either way. They, they, in 90 Day Fiance, they get a lot of time talking back before they know about it. The person in the United States where they're doing it is desperate. 
I would love to see um, the person in the United States is desperate, so they'll take almost anything. They probably didn't do. You have to go to another country to find somebody. They'll probably take almost anything. And they usually put up with a lot. And it's sad. Because uh, we're a country of almost 350 million people, right? You can't find whatever type you want. Whatever type. Asian, Chinese, Eastern European. We got it here. And most of them speak the same language. You don't have to get you don't have to go jump through hoops to get get all that stuff. If you're here, if they're a foreigner and you're here already, there you go. But to go overseas and spend all that coin out there, it's amazing. It's desperate. It's desperate. But uh, I, I imagine in the next couple of years, if we don't change our tune here, there's going to be Americans wanting to go. There should be 90 Day Fiance Canada edition, maybe United Kingdom, France, where they're interviewing Americans. <laughs> Hopefully we can get our shit together. Um, so for now, I'm going to wrap up this episode. I'd like to thank uh, all you for listening. I know it's been a while. Uh, I was kind of depressed over the rescheduling of the uh my procedure but I realize most of you are going through much worse or maybe less but either way it's selfish of me to uh, dwell on that you know because it's my job to be content and that's my job for my family to be content be an earner be a good nurturer and uh, on the podcast I just want to tell you about how things are down here in the Keys and right now it's you know it's a little crowded we got a lot of people that are leaving uh, the almost quarantine conditions of Miami to come down to Keys which aren't and I have a word for the people that are running Monroe County they're speculating that things will get better eventually before it gets too bad uh, right now, uh, originally before we open up the keys, it was about 129 people, positive cases, which is not a lot for 75,000 people, not not too much at all. But now I think we're, we're at 600 or 700, and uh, we are coming up on our lobster mini season, and that we get a lot of people down here for that. And our, we are a tourist economy. And I understand, I really do understand that there's people that don't, hey, I'm a bartender. There are people who do not make money when there's no tourists down here. And when the people that depend on tourist dollars don't make money, then it kind of builds up on itself because they, the people that make money down here on tourists spend their money down here. So... You get, you lose the first tier. The first tier being uh, the people that work in the tourist economy. And then you got the people that serve, uh, that service the tourist economy, meaning like the people that uh, provide food service, cleaning service, cleaning the hoods of the cooking places, uh, delivering beer, uh, cleaning the beer lines, uh, the sanitation crews that come in, which is probably a pretty big deal now, but cleaning places. Um, the the only thing that's really booming when there's um, no tourists down here is medical. And uh, we do have a lot of retirees down here. We have people that live, uh, that want to see, they want to see the Keys closed down to stop the influx of people. But they were coming in anyway. They were coming in uh, with fake... Uh, resident permits on the windshields uh, people with B&B uh, Airbnb owners and things like the kind of sort that do long term we're bringing people in and uh, my guess would be that it's just like offenders everywhere when I say offenders I'm not saying everyone is an offender I'm just saying some people people don't just break the law a little Normally when you get someone that breaks laws or rules or standards, they do it a lot. They do it a lot. They just don't do a little bit. So the people that ignore uh, 
quarantines and things like that, they're not doing anything and they're more likely to be infected because they don't practice any procedures. They have some kind of um, agenda or problem or thing like that. And they're just actively, uh, they're not trying to get sick. And there have been stories of people in parties and stuff. They're not trying to get sick. They just don't believe in it. They don't want to believe in it. And it doesn't fit into their worldview right now. It sucks. It sucks for them. They don't want to have worldview. Their worldview is, I want to go to a party. I want to get drunk. I want to go out. I want to dance. I want to do this. I want to go to the sandbar. I want, you know, I want, I want, I want, I want, I want, I want. And anything that curtails that is bullshit. So they go and do it with other people of like mind who are more like them and more likely to be infected because they don't practice any of it. They hug, they kiss, blah, blah, blah. Great. They feel better for a little while and then eventually someone eventually after a while you see some of these people do change when a loved one gets sick and they're suffering and they go oh wow but there's still was it two days ago I had someone ask me they said it again I really don't know anybody who's been sick and I go why would you say that not knowing if anybody around you knows anybody that been sick why would you want to be on the receiving end of that bad mojo? Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it just like if you said it? Well, my grandma's still healthy. I I don't have any grandparents anymore. My 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 last two grandparents just died from COVID nineteen. Oh, like, what would you? Do you really want to be on the receiving end of that, or do you not fucking care? Just keep your mouth shut. You know, the best thing to do is, I don't believe in it. I'm wearing the mask now because it's mandated. Okay? I believe, yeah. And you may believe that the rest of the people are sheep. Right? But, you know, you can ignore all the evidence. They did this, you know, it happened a long time. It was took forever to get um, Lister in the uh, 1800s when he said there was bacteria and germs and you needed to sanitize and, you know, uh, all your you know, your operating areas and wear a mask and wash your hands and things like that. There were doctors said that's bullshit. It's interfering with my uh, way I do things. I don't have time to do that. You know what they have time now do? They have time to have uh, sanitized, antiseptic, whatever you would call um, for your, you know, your tools for operating room. It's, it's clean now. I mean, obviously there's some, they're not, it's, it doesn't bring it down to zero. It just reduces the likelihood. That's all they're doing in reducing the likelihood. Yes. The germs are very tiny. They can go and sleep in it, slip into a lot of different places, but what you're doing is reducing droplets, concentrated amounts of virus getting out, you know, Two people will have a mask have a less chance than one person wearing a mask. I know it's not 100% perfect, but it's working in other countries. That's the reason why there's 550 newly infected in all of Germany, 280 in Japan, and we're, you know, we're at 60, 70,000. You know, that's 300 times almost, 200 times. I mean, how how likely is it? I mean, we're it's so bad now that we're probably running out of tests and that it's taking seven days and longer to get results because there's so many, so many people being tested because there's so many people infected. And when person, someone gets infected and they know we're in contact with other people, they got to test more people. That's the way it is. There's going to be tons more testing in the United States. But if we just take our time think this thing through it doesn't the new normal doesn't have to be bad it doesn't have to be bad it could spur on there could be new things that come up who knows why be depressed about it why get angry about it why are you yelling at old ladies when they're telling you to put on a mask when you're in a supermarket just put the fucking mask on 
you're not it's not you're not changing your way you view the world yes you may not think Donald Trump is not a traitor and he does he he's a Christian and he's a good man he's not a womanizer he's not a, uh, a sexual predator yes you can believe all those things and still wear a mask you can believe all those things and still wear a mask it's just be a decent person think about other people be considerate it doesn't make you a pussy a gentleman is not a pussy when you think about other people you know when you're acting you're acting like a fucking barbarian when you're out there not giving a shit about people that's what you're doing so do it and if you like the program please share it with your friends Give us a like on uh, Facebook or Twitter. Uh, If you like to leave a rating, that'd be good too. I mean, a good review, a good review. But uh, and hopefully, you know, don't 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 send the uh, don't send the podcast to friends that don't you know don't believe in this stuff. They're not going to like it. I understand that, and I don't need to be liked by those people. Okay. They're, they have their own issues. And don't be upset for them. Because, like I said, history will be the best uh, judge of what we're doing now. And I have no idea what some people are doing right now. I don't know why they're doing it. I understand they think that they're doing the best for the economy. But in the end, they're just dragging it out. They're dragging it out. So let's get fixed this time. Let's be careful out there, everyone. Uh, I care. I care whether you're sick or not. I don't care if you agree with me or not. I don't want you to get sick. I don't want you to get ill. I don't want you to die. I don't want people around you to do that. Uh, Do your best. That's all uh, can be expected. And uh, thank you for listening. This is Jim the Keys Bartender coming to you. And uh, maybe I'll come to you tomorrow. Bye.